Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Make Things Make Sense. Today, we're going to try to make sense of content and analyze if content truly is still king. In 1996, Bill Gates said content is king and every marketer under the sun has carried that forward and kept it as a sort of mantra. Is content still king? What do you think? Look, there's obviously elements of this being entirely true. I'll give you one statistic. Five million articles are published every single day across the internet. Five million articles. So content is obviously extremely uh, important and valued by many people and businesses. Uh, Is it king? Well, what role does that content play? And what's the good of publishing content if nobody sees it? Right. So I think in in here over here, one of the most important parts of doing content, of publishing content, of sharing content is actually attracting clients' eyeballs to see and engage and value from that content. So I think we need in order for this to be the case, you need to have uh, unique content, powerful content that really gives value to the users that cuts through all the the noise and garbage out there and attracts your real customers. This brings me to my next point. How do you know who uh, your real customers, how do you know what your real customers want to engage with if you don't know who your real customers are? So it goes on and on. And I think content is very, very powerful, but there are other elements in the business that need to be done right in order for that content to be king. Before we, we dive into this any further, you might be asking, why create all this content, right? Five million articles published every day. Well, on a study I was reading just last night, web traffic is among the top two most common measurements or KPIs of success for content marketing strategies. So that means from all the digital marketers out there that were interviewed, they all said that web traffic is among the top two and obviously creating content is going to be what is going to generate more traffic in their opinion. So I found that pretty interesting. Josh, with 5 million articles being published every day, how can people create content that stands out? That's a really good question. Um, I firmly believe that the brand plays a very large role here. So defining your brand deeply and truly going into the DNA of the DNA strands that create the the beauty, the beast that is your brand. Um, How does your brand compose itself? What does it value? What does it care about? What does it, what type of tone of voice does it use? Who does it appeal to? Where's its vision? These are all key components, which I would call the, the, the under layer that when done right, you have a much greater chance of, of creating content that stands out and that is effective. So standing out can be both good or bad. You could stand out in the wrong way. So to stand out with purpose and be effective, your brand needs to be very well defined and then reflected to your content. And the most important part of the next stage is understanding your target audience, your true audience, and what it is they want. What are they looking for? What are their pain points? What are they, their dreams and hopes? And how can we position our content in a way that it can attract them and help them on that journey, on their growth, on their progression? So this is really 
where I believe content can stand out with the right impact. Of course, there are also different mediums and formats of content. Videos is a very popular one. There's a misconception that video is very expensive. It needn't be very expensive to create. Your audience want not only a certain type of content, but they want it in a certain format, in a certain way. I mean, speaking of video, all we've heard about in marketing, right? So let's go to the dinosaur age of digital marketing, where you have like Google and Facebook and LinkedIn, and they're, they're basically the dinosaurs now, although still quite relevant, um, you know, doing their thing. But the new, I mean, even not that new was Vine, and you had Snapchat, and now TikTok is dominating, and all of these are extremely video-centric. YouTube, of course, has, has always been around, but it's adapted its model for, for creators and people creating content. But it's just like anyone creating content is now a content creator. And that begs the question, does the quality of the video even matter anymore? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, looking again, I, I don't sound like a broken record, but tying back into the target audiences, different audiences have different expectations. And they have different gauges of quality, both in food and also in, in content. There are different gauges and different, entirely different scales of, of measuring quality. I've, I've seen and, and, and research shows that millennials and Gen Z actually prefer a, a lower quality of, of video that feels authentic and real rather than something that feels like a high-end uh, production which has had post-production and rounds of editing. Uh, this feels like almost artificial and inauthentic to them. So they're putting in the extra investment into all the expensive softwares and equipment and big cameras and lighting in order to create a finished, polished product can actually be counterintuitive with those audiences. Yeah, if, if you had like 10,000 euros to make an ad campaign or something, or 20,000 euros, instead of, and you wanted to target millennials and Gen Z, instead of creating one large video production, which is gonna take up like 50% of your budget and the other 50% is going to be on targeting those people, you could, it seems today, you can get that budget and, and split it across a bunch of micro-influencers and then you know get them to send traffic to your website and remarket them for conversions. And that's, that's gonna be better off. So the strategy is still the same in creating that sort of video content, but the distribution model and the quality, when we say quality, you know, the production value of that content is totally different. I mean, you see it today that, like we've read, you know, younger people would much rather see sort of people they aspire to online on TikTok or whatever using. It needs to feel real. Yeah, using that product, going, oh, here are these, you know, new vitamins I just got. They make me feel awesome rather than a video going, here's all the reasons and our USBs about this. Which, it's all the same principles, you know, when you think about it. It's just a method of delivery and then creating the content for the target audience and the medium you're delivering it on. Again, the quality that needs to be in, the quality of not how expensive it is to produce, but what you actually say and what you share and how that connects. Um, I'll tell you- We should I, say production value rather than quality. I think yeah. Gen Z and millennial look for lower production value and more of it for social proof, as opposed to, I guess we're millennials too, but a good advert still gets me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Alec Baldwin so, and Ito I, 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 I'll tell you something as I found out. This is absolutely crazy. Five million years of video content will be published across the internet every single month in the year of 2022. 
That's a Cisco uh, statistic. That's crazy. This blew everyone's minds. Five million years of video content per month. I mean, that, that translates to absorbing 82% of all internet traffic this year. So there we need to make sure, I mean, there's, there's obviously an overpopulation of, of, of video content. When I was sharing this with actually someone, he said, I wonder how much of that has never been watched. We, we estimated, or let's say guesstimated, that at least half of that has not had more than a thousand views or maybe even a hundred views. Uh, so like that's 2.5 million but years. But more than that, right? A video view based on Facebook is like, oh, someone watched three seconds of your one minute video, that counts. So if you take it in the actual year's timeline, right? <laughs> if, if there's a minute video and people are watching three to five seconds of it, there's actually 55 seconds of that video not watched. So I'll probably say a lot of people will be aware of the 5 million years worth of videos, but they won't watch it all the way through, which is quite crazy. So that does go back to the point of, less production value sometimes can work. We're not advocating that. We're just discussing that, of course. You need to connect. You need to, you need to first be seen, but yeah. then be listened to, to be engaged with. And the only way, I mean, the only way I think you can do that, okay, actually there's two ways. Do some silly funny stuff, like people love funny videos or videos of cats falling off cupboards and stuff. But in a business context, remembering who our audience is for this podcast, looking at helping C-levels, um, entrepreneurs and, and managers to, to grow through digital marketing and reach and establish potential and better results, you need to share valuable content that connects with your audience. You don't need to make it perfect, but you need to make it real and you need to make sure that it is clear that you understand them and how you position yourself in front of them. Let's dive into that. Earlier, I asked you what can people do to create vid them, sorry, content that sort of stands out. We spoke a bit about the quality of video. And now what I think we should discuss is with 5 million articles going out a day and 5 million years, right, in, in terms of seconds subsequently after each other going out per month, how can people connect with their audiences? How are you going to make content that's really, you know, we identify the target audiences, you make the content for them, but there's still a lot of competition. So what's going to make content that stands out? It needs to be based in strategy. Without the right strategy, you will not even know if this is standing out, what does standing out mean? And I, I'd like to sort of draw attention to the conversion funnel. And let's just break it down into three stages. There's the awareness stage, the interest stage, and then the action stage. The awareness is known as the top of the funnel. At the top of the funnel, you need to have a different strategy, different type of content, and also an, an, an entirely different way of measuring success on that content. So as long as each piece of content you create it has a strategy to it and it's got goals attached to it that make sense to its relevant stage in the in the user journey then you have to measure it and and then you can really um, focus on being effective and impactful i believe that it is really powerful to add a face to content as well people don't trust um, 
faceless brands as much as they trust brands where there's a face behind it. This could be highlighting the author of the blog article or like we're doing right now, Alex, being on the face of the podcast with Make Things Make Sense and sharing that persona. I think you you agree on that point. Um, it's It's showed greater results, more trust and more uplift. And um, lastly, think about the different mediums, the different avenues of sharing content. Where are my audience hanging out? Where are they expecting to receive content? How can I get them uh, in the right channels with the right message? And lastly, I think uh, utilizing different strategies to combine different types of content can further amplify the results. For instance, embedding a video into a blog article, then sharing that blog article on social media, you now have multiple touch points, multiple content components all working towards the same goal. Take a screenshot of that and post it on Twitter and then tell people to click on the link with a bit.ly link so you can track it. So look, HubSpot says that 90% of marketers using content marketing plan to continue investing the same amount in the channel in 2022. 66% of marketers expect that their 2022 content marketing budget will increase above their 2021 budget. So that means we're either staying the same or going to see a lot more content um, this year than last year. I guess in in the simplest form, that answers our question, is content still king? Yes. I I guess so. I mean, it's it's not decreasing. There's many other methods of marketing and it's not being taken away. So with that in mind, you know, how can people make the most out of content? So I think, or I know, or I've put into practice is having an omni-channel strategy for your content, right? So as Josh has been saying, you always want to figure out your target audience first, and we'll help you with that at the end of this podcast. Um, You really want to define them and build themes and ideas for these people. So who who is my target audience? What is their pain point? Then what we highly suggest doing is figure out how many different ways can you get that message in front of them. So you could write a blog about it. You could then have a podcast which goes out on different channels, embed that podcast on the blog. You could go and give talks in various areas or you could just talk live on Facebook or YouTube. Again, pushing that content and getting people to go and read your blog or listen to the podcast. From that, you can create graphics for social media that you can share. You could then take those graphics, take the blog, link to the podcast, put them in an email campaign, right? All of this should be, as we had before, running towards your website as that's one of the most important KPIs, you know, traffic to your website for content marketing strategies. So what you're really thinking is, who is my audience? What is their pain point? How do I get them on multiple different touch points to let them know I am an expert around this area? and they can come to me for advice, they can speak to me, and basically turning them into a lead. This is a good time for us to give away a free resource, Alex. What a great idea. (laughs) And today's free resource on Make Things Make Sense is the Audience Persona Builder. You can use this tool, which we're giving away for free to all our listeners, to really define who your target audience are, and going into enough detail to be able to create content that truly engages them and appeals to them and helps content be king for your business and growth objectives. To get that free resource, just head over to www.growthgurus.com slash podcast and just get it and start using it and make it, put it into your business and benefit the results. Awesome. I'd like to just close up with 
We usually go for a super like awesome positive personal story. On this one, I'll say something we did 50% good and 50% unplanned and bad. So I think it was in 2017, we wrote an article which was the importance of social media. It was 2016. 2016. Okay, thank you for that. That is even longer ago. I feel old now. And, um, you know, honestly speaking, we just wrote this as like, this is what we feel is important in social media. We use those keywords and... Honestly, to our genuine surprise, because we weren't pushing for SEO at the time, we ended up as the top featured snippet on Google for about three or four years. We had thousands of unique visitors and unique hits on our website every month. I mean, the traffic on our website was crazy. When we'd run our Google Analytics reports, we'd have to exclude that blog, because otherwise- It was was phenomenal. Every other page just looked crazy. It made the homepage traffic look nominal. That's how high that page was. Yeah. For those who don't know what the featured snippet is, that is the ultimate, biggest, most profound pat on the back from Google where they say, you are considered the official answer for this question. Yeah, Uh, so we were on top of HubSpot for this. We were on top of Reddit. We were on top of everything where people were really, really pushing. And it was crazy how many people were searching, why is social media important, especially 2016, you know, things were blowing up, everything was growing, more and more ad spend was going into it. So we got a lot of traffic from it. Yeah, and that's the 50% that we did really, really well. We generated so much traffic. The bad part of it, which is what I want you all to learn from, is that we had not thought the whole funnel through. So we had been in business about a year and a half, two years at this point, wrote this blog, it started picking up some traction, and we were just like, wow, this is awesome. But it didn't lead to a lead magnet. It didn't ask people to book a call. It didn't have an upsell, it did later, which was like 10 euros for a for a social media calendar template. There were so many things we could have done to capitalize on it that we didn't do it. So really think about everything. Who is your target audience? What are their pain points? What is an omni-channel way of getting your message out in front of these people, right? Then from there, once people do come, how do I get that traffic to my website? And once they're on my website, what do I do with them? And also, how do I calculate all of that? That is what you want to be looking in your marketing strategy, in your content marketing strategy. Of course, there's a lot more, but I think that is our discussion on is content still king? If we, if we had to take a vote, Alex, uh, what would your answer be? Is content still king? Based on the stats I've been reading preparing for this podcast, 100% yes. And I must say that I am going to have to agree with you on this one. Content is still king. It is a powerful weapon for business growth. We really, really hope that this podcast has provided value to you. We hope you enjoyed listening to it. We appreciate your time so much. Thank you for being here. Please do us one further step and just like, share and subscribe to this podcast. Share it with one person that you know who really needs to hear this. We will see you on the next one. Thank you very much.